You're listening to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back to another episode of Titans Time. I am your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Tyler, how are you today? I'm good, Tanner. How are you? I am doing fantastic. We've got another exciting show planned for you guys today. Uh, To kick it off, we're going to be quickly going over uh, our linebacker predictions. We kind of touched on this last week with Gerald McGrath. We're really only going to touch on like the main producers, and that's pretty much for every position uh, group that we're going to be covering. Then we're going to move into the edge rushers and defensive line. Then to end the show, we'll talk about potential additions of Josh Gordon and maybe a trade for Jamal Adams, uh, what we think if they should happen, and if there's even a chance that they could happen. And guys, before we hop into our expectations and uh, talking about Josh Gordon and Jamal Adams, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us that five-star rating, Leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing, anything we need to improve on, and things that you would want to hear. All right, Tyler, let's go ahead and give our expectations for the linebackers, middle linebackers for this first segment, of course. Outside linebackers with the Titans, 3-4 that they run. Uh, They're going to be grouped in with the defensive line because they are edge rushers. Uh, Tyler, go ahead and kick it off. Let's start with Jayon Brown. All right, so my expectations for Jayon Brown this year – Obviously, I have him improving from last year. Uh, This year, just statistically, I have him finishing the season with three interceptions, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a touchdown, three tackles for loss, and he is going to up his total tackles from last year and finish the season with 110 total tackles. Um just to kind of give some insight on how this compares to last year. Last year, he had one interception. Uh, he had one sack and a fumble recovery. He didn't force any fumbles last year. So I think just across the board, statistically, he is going to improve. And, you know, he's going to be a force. Uh, you know, both him and... Uh, Rashawn Evans, I think that they are going to end up getting the recognition that they deserve this year, and part of that is going to be because of how they fill up the stat sheet. Yeah, uh, I I definitely think that Jayon Brown is going to improve from last year uh, in interceptions. I've got him with three. I've got him with five tackles for loss. I didn't go quite as in-depth to uh, go into all of the total tackles and everything, Uh, I've got him a little bit more, kind of making a little bit more of an impact in the run game, I feel like, with five tackles for loss. Obviously, I feel like Jayon Brown is a better player in the pass game. Um, I don't think that anyone would disagree with that. Uh, But I do think that he is going to improve in the run game this year. Him and Rashawn Evans, they're kind of almost like polar opposites because Jayon Brown is so good in pass coverage and he's a bit smaller. Rashawn Evans is a little bigger, and he's a lot better in the run game. Uh, either way, both middle linebackers are very athletic and versatile. And while they they do have their strengths, you know, run game, pass game, they're they're really flexible and can kind of do a little bit of everything. But Jayon Brown definitely stronger in the pass game, so I've got him with three interceptions. Well, and they complement each other very well. Um, and you know, talking about 
Rashawn Evans, how you think he's going to be better uh, versus the run game. I have that showing uh, in my expectations for him too. I do have him getting an interception this year. He didn't have one last year. Uh, He's going to have the same amount of sacks, uh, two and a half. I have him forcing a fumble and getting a fumble recovery and a touchdown as well. The difference is I have him finishing this season with 11 tackles for loss. I think he is going to wreak havoc in the backfield, getting back there, stopping the run, and opposing offenses are going to have a lot of negative plays in the run game when he's out there. And I also have him bumping up his total tackles for the season just by one, finishing with like 112. But, yeah, like I said, I think both of these guys are – going to make a huge jump in how much they get recognized by the league and people around the league. I don't have Rashawn Evans making quite as much of an impact as you do, but you know, on the stat sheet, I think that Rashawn Evans, a lot of the things that he does don't, there's not really a way he's kind of like Daquan Jones. There's not really a way for it to show up tremendously uh, through stats, but I've got him with eight tackles for loss two forced fumbles, and two sacks. So it's it's a pretty well-rounded year, not any interceptions, of course, just like last year. I think he's going to continue that trend, really just because I think that if there's ever an opportunity where they're going, going to you know blitz a linebacker or something like that, or they're going to put a linebacker on a tight end or something, they're going to put J.M. Brown on the tight end. They're going to blitz Rashawn Evans just because that's – that is what they're strongest at. That's what's going to give them the best chance for success. Yeah, I can see that. I just feel like the Titans defense all around, and we'll talk about this more uh, either next week or the week after, but I think they are really going to focus on getting after the quarterback more this year. And you know, later on in this show, you'll see with my edge rushers and the D-line, I think we are going to wreak havoc in the backfield and end up with a lot more sacks this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hope so. Uh, it seems on paper that they have improved their pass rush. And, of course, we'll talk about that in just a second. I want to hear your uh, expectations for David Long Jr. because I know you have been really big on him. You know, you've talked to me quite a bit about him. For me, I think that he will have an increased role this year. But kind of like what you were talking about with Rashawn Evans, what you're thinking for him, that a lot of his stuff may not show up in the stat sheet, but it'll show up on film. That's how I feel David Long Jr. is going to be. I have him ending up forcing a fumble uh, this next season, but I think more of his stuff is going to show up on film and not in the stat line, whether it be you know forcing runners to cut back to a different hole um or covering you know tight ends maybe some receivers I just think he is going to have a big impact on the game it just won't show up in the stat sheet as much hopefully he really doesn't get that much of a chance to play an impact of course I hope he rotates in some and stuff but if Rashawn Evans and Jalen Brown are healthy all season long how much do we really think that David Long gets a chance you know and I think he's really good and I think that if he could get a chance then you know he would he would really shine and we would actually see how good he is because i do think that he has loads of potential but 
this upcoming season with how good Rashawn Evans is, with how good Jayon Brown is, how much playing time do we really think that he'll get? Uh, I think that, you know, he might could come in and play, I mean, maybe a, I don't even want to say a few snaps a game. He may come in every couple of games and play some. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really given it just a whole lot of thought, but that's my initial thoughts on it. I think that he'll come in, get a couple tackles for loss. Like you said, maybe force a fumble. Um, but a lot of his stuff does show up on film and not in on the stat sheet. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, like you said, I'm hoping that Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown can stay healthy all year, be out there on the field. Uh, but you never know. The Titans may end up running some packages where they have all three of these guys out there. And if they do, you know, you're have, I feel like you have three solid linebackers to run that package with. I mean, that would definitely be like something that they could bring in on definite rundowns or something like that. Um, and I think that it could be effective. I know that they do run a lot of the three safety sets. Um, and they like to run a lot of nickel. So switching it up a little bit and bringing in three linebackers on a definite rundown, it, it could definitely help them out. So we were talking about sacks just a second ago. Um, let's move into the defensive line and edge rush, and let's start with Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, of course, he was coming off of an ACL tear last year. Um, that allowed him to fall to the Tennessee Titans a little bit. Um, he suited up for his first game against the Chargers. Of course, the game with the huge goal line stand. Um, he looked very promising throughout the rest of the season. And I kind of take that Jarrell Casey trade as kind of a confirmation that the Titans really believe that they have a great player in Jeffrey Simmons. Do you feel like the same way about that? Or do you think it was strictly just to clear up cap space? I think they have uh, faith in Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, I think he's going to do big things for us this year. Again, it may not necessarily show up in the stat sheet, uh, but looking at film, I just feel like he is going to have a big impact. Obviously, the Casey trade, it does help with clearing up the cap space in case you know the Titans are able to work out a deal with Derek Henry before July 15th or even address uh, some of these other people that are still free agents that they may be talking to and wanting to bring in so that helps out but I Clowny. do think I do think they have faith in Jeffrey Simmons yeah I mean I, I, I think that if they didn't then there's no way they would have made this trade because even if Jarrell Casey was kind of declining a little bit if you don't have another guy that can step in and make that same impact you're not going to get rid of him Right, and you know, as far as the actual D linemen go, and not the edge rushers, I don't have them necessarily just getting a ton of sacks. I do have them making an impact, though. And like I said, part of it may just be getting after the quarterback and making him throw the ball before he's ready, have to throw it away. But you know, with Simmons, I have him finishing the year with two and a half sacks. Uh, four tackles for loss. Uh, and like I said, I think more of the defensive line's impact is going to show up on film rather than the stat sheet. I've got Jeffrey Simmons being a absolute monster this year. And I think you're right in saying, you know, he's not going to come out and be a 10-sack guy. He's never been that guy. 
So that is not going to be him. But I've got him coming out with four sacks, 18 tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be an absolute monster in the run game. And occasionally he can apply pressure on passing downs. But run game, I think that he is just going to be a hoss. I hope he can uh, produce those numbers then. Uh, jump into someone else who, you know, a couple months ago we were kind of hard on, but then after we went back, watched some film, and seen just the impact he was able to have on the game a lot of times, Daquan Jones, what do you expect from him? Uh, I think that his story this season is going to be like the exact same as it always has been. If you go back and just look at the stats, he he's not going to be, you know, any, he's not going to look like anything special. But if you watch the film, you'll see that he is one of the better run stuffers there in the middle, uh, actually, in, in the league, I kind of feel like. Uh, I think that his uh, his stats are going to look very similar to last year. All right. Yeah, I can uh, say that. But, I, again, I have pretty much all of the guys improving from last year. I think with Casey being gone now, uh, Daquan Jones is also going to step up on that D-line and take like a leadership role. I have him getting three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss. Um, But again, I think he's going to be one of those guys that stuff just doesn't show up on the stat sheet as much, but he gets back there and disrupts plays. Uh, Even against the run game, if he's not making the tackle, getting the running back to cut back to where he doesn't want to go, maybe towards Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, some of those guys, then you know that's the impact he can have on the game, and I just think he's going to be big. Let's jump to one more guy on the interior defensive line, Isaiah Mack, and let's talk about him for a second before we move to the outside. Um, Isaiah Mack, I think, is going to get some good playing time this year. Um, I'm a big believer that the film doesn't lie, and he looks really good on film. His strength and his hands are just crazy. I think we've talked about that before. But I think that he's going to end up with three sacks, five tackles for loss. I have him. Nothing special by any means. But, it, I mean, it's a respectable year from a guy who last year was an undrafted free agent. Well, he still is an undrafted free agent. But to, to go from undrafted to that, pretty respectable in your second year. I have him putting up basically the same numbers that he did last year. I have him finishing with one and a half sacks and one tackle for loss just because I think, you know, we're going to be seeing more of Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons than we are Isaiah Mack. He is going to get out there and have some playing time. Uh, another guy I want to touch on right quick before we jump to the edge, though, Larell Murchison. I believe he is going to have basically the same stat line as Isaiah Mack. I think. Both of those guys will come in and have some type of impact on the game. I have Murchison finishing with one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, and also forcing a fumble. So, I mean, I guess you think that kind of at that left end spot that Mack and Murchison will kind of trade out in there a little bit? I believe so. I See, for me, I kind of feel like that Mack is going to take kind of really – 
take the lead on that. I think they will rotate some, but I think that Mac's going to get the majority majority of the playing time in there just because of the way the offseason's going and they haven't been able to get in as a team much and do some work to learn the defense and all of that. Uh, I think it's going to be a little hard for Murchison to catch on as we move into training camp and all that stuff. Um, and I think that Isaiah Mack already having been there for a year will, the role will kind of default to him, which is good because I do think he's the better player. Uh, so let's move to the outside and let's start with the best Harold Landry. Harold Landry. Um, I believe he led our team in sacks last year. Yep. He had nine and a half. I think was it nine and a half or nine? I think it was nine. Um, well either way I have him improving on that and getting double digit sacks this year I think he's going to finish with 11 sacks he's still going to get an interception this year but he is also going to add 12 tackles for loss again he's one of those guys that I feel like he is going to be living in the backfield now repeat that real quick how many sacks 11 sacks 11 sacks okay so, here's my thing with Harold Landry. He kind of, I think we can all agree, he kind of burned out towards the end of last season just because of how much he was being used. I think that if the the Titans are going to have success getting after the quarterback in 2020, it's going to be because of him. Um, he is, you know, him and Jeffrey Simmons are the two players on this kind of defensive line uh, that I think can just break out and be absolute stars this next season and going forward. So the reason that I think that he is going to be so much better this season is because of the depth of the edge rushers. Last season, he got burned out really early, like I said, because he was playing at least 80% of snaps in each of the first nine games. And the the outside linebackers coach, Shane Bowen, um, he said that you know they've got to find other ways to get some of the other guys involved and take some of that stuff off of him so that he's not playing so much. Um, so you would think if he's playing less percentage of snaps, less snaps overall, that he wouldn't have as much of an impact. But I really feel like that if they can have him out there and every time that he's out there he is at 100% just going after the quarterback, that he's really not going to lose that much production. Um, if you look at Vic Beasley, when he led the NFL with 15 and a half sacks, he only played 60% of snaps. So in 2019, Harold Landry played 83%. So it's really all about picking and choosing those times to put him in to go after the quarterback. Said all that to say this, I think that Harold Landry will end up with 11 and a half sacks, 12 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles. So we are very similar on him. We are very similar. I have him, I can't remember if I said it or not, I have him forcing two fumbles and recovering one. Uh, But speaking of Vic Beasley Jr., I'm going to jump to him next. I think he's going to come in and have a huge impact for the Titans. I have him leading the team with 12 and a half sacks this year, and he's also going to force a fumble and add eight tackles for loss. I think he is going to go back – to that form that he had when he finished with 15 and a half sacks and he's just going to wreak havoc so i i want to say this now that you've said that i wrote an article on our website uh shout out to titanstimepodcast.com 
so I wrote an article on our website uh, about that exact thing that you just mentioned. Uh, and I think it was titled something like, or no, uh, Vic Beasley can help the Titans break a, something, something about Vic Beasley breaking a record or making his, something like that, making history, breaking a record, something like that. The Tennessee Titans have not had two players with double digit sacks in the same season since they've became the Titans. I don't know about before that, but since 1999, they have not had that happen. I think that this year it could happen. I don't have it. I haven't projected it to happen because Vic Beasley, I've got him with seven sacks, six tackles for loss, one forced fumble. So I don't have that happening, but it's definitely a possibility. And if it was going to happen any year, it would happen this year with Landry and Beasley. They haven't had that in, which I don't know when the Oilers did it, if they ever did it, but they haven't had that. And if you think about, you know, they've had Javon Curse, they've had uh, Kyle Vandenbosch, they've had Brian Arakpo. So, I mean, they've had a lot of good pass rushers and it, that just hasn't happened. So it's about time for that to happen. And I think for them to go really like really far in the playoffs that needs to happen but speaking of Brian Arakpo they haven't had a player with double digit sacks at all since Brian Arakpo and I can't remember what year that was but I mean it's been a little while since he's played so they're definitely overdue for some good pass rushers and I hope that you're right and we've got two players with double digits well like I said I believe the Titans defense is going to come out this year and it's going to be a main goal for them to really get after the quarterback, especially after what happened in the AFC Championship game. I think they're going to come out with just that fire burning and do everything they can to up the sack numbers. And I believe the combination of Beasley and Landry, like you said, can get it to where the Titans have two pass rushers with double-digit sacks. 2016 was when Brian Arekpo had um, 10 sacks. So now let's talk about Kamala Correa before we move into Josh Gordon and uh, Jamal Adams, who has requested a trade from the New York Jets, as we learned the other day. Uh, So let's move into Kamala Correa. I think Correa has a season similar to uh, last year. I have him ended up with four and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss. Um, you know, like I said, I just feel like all of these guys are going to be going after the quarterback and making an impact in the backfield. Um, you know, I have several of these guys getting close to, you know, 10 tackles for loss, you know, somewhere in that area. And I just think they're going to make it hard on opposing offenses. And right quick before you uh, touch on Correa, another guy I think that's going to have impact is DeAndre Walker coming back from injury. I think he's going to – he's another one of those guys where it may show up on film more than it does the stat sheet. But I also have him getting four and a half sacks this year and three tackles for loss. I don't know that. I mean, that's – for some, for a guy that hasn't, which I don't know, did he get injured in the preseason or did he get injured in like training camp or something? Uh, it was one of the two. Either way, I, I don't think he sure. hasn't played a regular season snap for. So, for a guy that hasn't played a regular season snap, that's I mean that's pretty heavy in the stat sheet. 
Yeah, but he's also coming in with a lot of that motivation of not getting to play last year and show what he can do. So I think he's going to have that chip on his shoulder of wanting to prove himself. Um, so Camelot Correa, uh, I think he's going to have like three and a half sacks, throw in a couple or a few tackles for loss in there. DeAndre Walker, give him a sack or two. I don't know. Give everybody a sack. Just just throw throw guys out there and let them, let them get after the quarterback. Let's talk about Josh Gordon because I've been waiting the whole show to talk about Josh Gordon. I'm excited about Josh Gordon. And I want to talk about him. So, you go ahead. What do you think now, about Josh? I'm letting you start this one. You have been really excited about it. I could tell. So, let's hear your thoughts on this. All right. So, Josh Gordon, of course, he just applied for reinstatement, which I feel like we all saw that coming. We all knew that he was going to be reapplying, uh, especially with the CBA change, which now he can come in, smoke however much weed he wants, do whatever he wants, pretty much. Um, he's shown that he could be the top guy on an offense and any offense at that because if you look at his 2013 season when he was first team all pro these were his three quarter yes three quarterbacks three different throughout the season Jason Campbell Brian Hoyer and Brandon Whedon so if you look at his production that season which was over like 1600 yards and I forget how many touchdowns, but if you look at his production with the quarterbacks that he had, that's like some kind of DeAndre Hopkins type of a season with a terrible quarterback. So I think that if there's any way that they can go out there, get Josh Gordon on a one-year whatever, um, I think you could get him kind of cheap. I mean, cheap for his production because I think that he would immediately – jump over Corey Davis. Of course, you keep Corey Davis on the field for run blocking and blocking after, you know, we hit A.J. Brown on a slant or something. But I think that as far as receiving-wise, just just catching the ball, he automatically jumps over Corey Davis. I can see uh, where you're coming from there. Um, you know, obviously, adding that talent to the team would never be a bad thing. I mean – I'm going to I'm going to hurt a lot of Corey Davis truthers that are still like, you know, we took this guy with the 6 pick, you know, but you know, he he fifth pick whatever. Um whatever it was, excuse me, fifth pick, um whatever we took him with, he has shown what he is. He is a second or third wide receiver that's really good at blocking. He's valuable to have on your team, yes. But he's not a number 1 guy. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. And like I was saying, you know, a talent like Josh Gordon, he has all the potential. And granted, over the past couple years when he has come back to the NFL, he's only had a few games to try and show what he can do. Um, but if they were to add Josh Gordon, how much does that change the identity of the team when – now you're going to be throwing A.J. Brown, Josh Gordon, and Corey Davis all out there on the field. I mean, it would kind of be if you bring him in and he automatically jumps Corey Davis and you just put Corey Davis out there on for like the run blocking, does that not tell teams kind of like when Deion Lewis would come in last year, all right, they're passing the ball here. If Corey Davis comes in, does that not kind of tell them, okay, they're going to be running the ball here? Well, I, 
I don't know. I don't really think so necessarily because Corey Davis is still like very capable of catching the ball. Whereas Dion Lewis was like, I mean, I don't know if you pass him the ball, he, he might've been like, okay. But if you hand the ball off to Dion Lewis, he's like incompetent. So Corey Davis is still capable of going out and running a route or something like that. Well, not something like, I mean, he's capable of going out, running or out, catching the ball. He's a good receiver. So I don't really think that, you know, teams are immediately going to think, well, they're running the ball because he's still going to get his fair share of snaps, still going to get, I mean, he'd probably be close to, if not the same production that he had last season. So I, I don't really think so. I mean, maybe right, but, you could make a case for it. but Well, you see where I was coming from there, just off of how it was presented with, you know, you could throw Corey Davis out there for run blocking. Uh, just going off how it was presented, that's how teams could perceive it. Like, okay, Corey Davis is out here now. They're fixing to be running the ball with Derrick Henry. Um, but, yeah, Josh Gordon, he's one of those guys where, you know, if he gets reinstated and it's for – the right price, nothing just crazy. Maybe give him that one year chance and see if he's able to help the team or not. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like this chemistry that the offense is going to be coming into the season with, you know, it's the same offense from last year. Basically only thing we're missing is Jack Conklin. So how much does bringing a guy like Josh Gordon in, who has had distractions in the past, which granted the new CBA changes some things, but bringing that in, how much does it mess up that chemistry? I mean, I don't know. You you can kind of like still let everybody else do their own thing, and then if Josh Gordon learns the offense and he's been doing okay as far as, you know, staying within the league rules and everything, he's not going to get suspended. Okay, well, he's learned the offense – He's not going to get suspended. Let's throw him in there. He hasn't learned the offense. He's doing some questionable things. You know, that's a situation where you leave that contract open where you can, you know, right before the season, hey, listen, dude, sorry. You haven't learned the offense. There's potential that you're going to be suspended. So we're going to have to cut you. Well, like I said, just the talent that he has, if it's the right contract and the right price, I'm all for it. Let's see what the guy has just because he does have – that type of talent. And I believe a top three receiving core of A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Josh Gordon would be very scary, especially when you pair... Scary. <laughs> especially when you add Derrick Henry in the backfield. Oh, yeah. I mean, any time you've got Derrick Henry in the backfield. By the way, I where are we at on contract negotiations? I know they they keep saying they want to get one done... And then they, there's, I mean, we're getting close to that July 15th deadline. So what are your thoughts as we kind of get closer? As we're getting closer, I still think that, and I've said this from the start, I still think they are going to get a deal worked out before July 15th. Both sides, you know, are interested in getting the deal worked out. They just haven't found that middle ground yet. And, Plus, I mean, I just love the way that Derrick Henry is handling this. You know, he's not being like Dalvin Cook who's saying, well, I'm going to hold out until I get what I want. No, he's still in the gym, working his tail off, and still wants to be with the Titans, and he's going to be out there with his teammates. I mean, he is a team-first guy. 
And that's I just, why our running backs the best in the NFL. Yeah, and that's why I think they will end up getting a deal worked out. And speaking of Dalvin Cook, it's just kind of funny. Do you think with his attitude, the whole way he's handling this, I kind of feel like he's going to come in like an Eddie Lacy. He's going to be like 280 pounds showing up late to training camp and eating zebra cakes. Just like. I don't know that he's going to be like that. Um, we've just seen how when running backs hold out and they come back in, it takes them a little bit to get caught back up to game speed. I mean, yes, they can do it. I think he will still stay in really good shape and everything. But, again, adjusting to the game speed when, which right now, of course, not really having training camps going on and all of that. But I don't know, I just like it when guys are treated like Derrick Henry is and are like, all right, I still want to work out this deal, but I'm also going to show up and work. Because, I mean, yeah, he got franchise tagged, which kind of sucks, but it's a contract and it's $10 million. So, like, if you play that and you play it well, the next season you're, you're going to get a big deal if you play well for a season. Right. Which, and, of course, they can say, well, you've got a whole other season of wear and tear on you. But the Titans have already come out and said that they're not going to use Derrick Henry as much, which is kind of why fitting Josh Gordon in is, like, perfect because, you know, you use Derrick Henry less, well, you throw to Josh Gordon more. I see what you were able to do there, hopping us back to uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, but now, because I know you're excited to talk about this too, uh, I believe you've even wrote an article on it. Jamal Adams. Yeah, I, I put one out on Titan Sized about a potential trade for Jamal Adams. And I understand a lot of Titans fans, they they don't really see a need there at safety because we've got Kenny Vaccaro, who's great. We've got Kevin Byard, best in the league. So, you know, you're kind of like, well, why would we go out, trade for this guy, give up a couple of picks, and then spend $15 million on him? But – I mean, I can understand either way. If we get him, if we don't get him, I'm not going to be upset either way. It would be cool to have him just because of how great of a player he is. Um, but, I mean, I think there's ways that we could use him that would be beneficial alongside Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byard. You know, I think if you get him, you don't have to give up one of those guys. You don't got to trade Kenny Vaccaro just to get him. Um, we're going to be fine without him. Uh, which I'm not saying, like, there's really a small chance that we're going to get him. Like, we're not even on his wish list that he put out for teams to be on. Um, I just think that he would take our defense to another level, kind of be like that money backer position where he's moving around and he's between the linebackers and the secondary. You know, he's coming up and stopping the run, which he's good at. He's covering some tight ends and bigger wide receivers because, you know, he's a bigger safety. I mean, I just think that he would add, like, so much versatility on the defense, which is what the Titans are going for. You know, they've got these versatile linebackers. They've got these safeties who are, you know, a little bigger that can come up and blitz and play the run. And I really just think that just plugging him in there would really be huge. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. And like you – I'm fine either way. If we don't get him, it's no big deal. I like the our safeties being Byard and Vaccaro. Um, I think they complement each other very well, and they just really hold together the back end of our defense. And But at the same time, if you're able to 
bring in a guy like Adams, I mean, that's a scary safety position there, having Byard and Adams. And I mean, like I mentioned earlier in the show, they play three safety sets some. I mean, they throw those in there more than probably any other team in the NFL. Yeah, those three guys out there together, I mean, if I'm the opposing quarterback, I'm looking at the defense like, oh, no, like, this this isn't going to be good. And you look and you see all those extra defensive backs out there, and you're like, all right, let's audible to a run. And then Jamal Adams is really good against the run, and so is Kevin Byard, and so is Kenny Vaccaro. So um, I think it's it would be just really like a dynamic addition. Yeah, like I said, I see where you're coming from. But that's where I'm at on it. If they don't get him, I'm completely fine with that. And like you said, there's a very slim chance that that happens uh, because he wasn't even on, or the Titans wasn't even on Adam's list of teams that he would want to be traded to. Um, But if we do get him, great. If not, I'm fine with it. I like how our defense is right now. And I think that possibly a reason that we're not on his wish list, and I mentioned this, is because the Titans always somehow get overlooked. No matter what they do, they get overlooked. So he's probably, you know, like naming teams that he's thinking of in his head. He's like, you know, I'd go to this team, this team, this team. And then, you know, the Titans might make an offer and the Jets are kind of interested in it. They present it to Jamal Adams. He may be like, ah, you know, hey, I'm going to be playing beside Kevin Byard and Adoree Jackson, you know, and it, it don't look so bad. He's like, hey. You know, the offense can put up points. All I got to do is go out there, do my job. We might win a Super Bowl. Uh, so I definitely think there's reason for him to be attracted to the Titans. But who knows? I mean, we'll see how it goes. And it'll kind of be one of those interesting things over the next, you know, maybe a week or so to to follow and see where it ends up. Yeah. And, you know, just to reiterate this, we're not saying that the Titans need to go do this and get Adams. Like, we like Vaccaro. We trust in him as our strong safety but at the same time kind of like going back to the josh gordon thing if you can add more talent to your team without having to just go crazy and give up too much i mean it's kind of worth it that's all that we've got for today we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of titans time i want to say that you should check us out on twitter at titans underscore time check out our instagram titans time podcast Look at our YouTube, also Titans Time Podcast. Subscribe to it. You know, like all of our videos. Leave a couple of comments. Um, and also, check out our website, TitansTimePodcast.com. And again, guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us that five-star rating and leave us comments. Let us know how we're doing, anything else you might want to hear, and anything else we can improve on. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.